Go Bruins. <laughs> Go Bruins. Go Celtics. <laughs> been a while it's been a hot minute uh we haven't put out an episode since january a full length since january so wow sorry oops i think life kind of got in the way <laughs> it sure did in in so so many ways but we're here now we're here now we're for here now you. when we decided we were going to do another episode i i didn't really know what we were going to talk about no but you know i thought it'd be good to get in here and just chit chat, stretch the old Do podcast muscles. But um, but then uh, life found a way. That's right. You know, on brand, the gods from the heavens above sent us manna. And you know, I didn't even really necessarily want to keep talking about Disney and Star Wars and blah blah blah. But it's like it's all there is anymore. Well, we haven't talked Star Wars in a while because there's been nothing to talk about really. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, that's since true. Since Solo came out last year, it's been pretty. Quiet. Nothing to talk about. They they hadn't talked about this movie that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think it's a good time. I mean, we've you know we're two weeks from Endgame, so which you're not going to see anyway. No, no, I'm not. So see that. you know the Marvel and Marvel. The Marvel thing is kind of played out at this point. I mean, Captain Marvel is in the theater now. So I'm told. Uh, which I saw, and it was terrific. Endgame comes out in two weeks, like we said, and then Spider-Man comes out in July. And then after that, we really don't know what is coming next. Uh, I assume this year at Comic-Con, they'll go buck wild and tell us. But we're kind of at that point. I mean, this is the Star Wars kind of marketing strategy. They have a movie. They go to the celebration convention and they have a panel and they give you some stuff and they talk and ha ha and grab ass each other. Right. And then they announce the name and play a trailer, which is what happened yesterday. And then you won't, you know, you'll, you'll see this trailer in the movies for the next three months ad nauseum. And then sometime in the fall, September or October, they'll do a full trailer release probably during an obscure meaningless Monday night football game that nobody cares about, but it's a way to goose ratings. To yeah. get people, to, and certainly to get people to stay through halftime, because the trailer will show up at halftime, and then the movie comes out at Christmas time, and then in early October they're doing a Force Friday merchandise release. The trick is this year, uh, the streaming service, which we'll talk about too, and the theme park, which I kind of think we have to touch on again. It's all part of the thing. So today's episode is really going to be Disney Plus and Star Wars. Pretty much. Um, I don't see the need to talk about anything else. I don't want to talk about anything else today. I, w I do want to mention something that I heard last night was that the Writers Guild is on strike. Yes, they are. So, Packaging. hey, there's that. Yeah. So that'll be interesting, but we can talk about that another time. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time when we can explain why they're going on strike. Like, it's yeah. a whole thing of explaining, like, why they're on strike. And I actually, I have to say, I, I agree with the writers on this one. Um I think they've been sold a bill of goods. I hope they get their fair share. 
As they should. Yeah. 100%. As we all should. Yes. I think it's a tough climate. There's just a lot less on the playing field now. I mean, <laughs> you know, with Disney kind of abs- absorbing everybody, there's, you know, there's less studios to negotiate with. Disney certainly has more clout. They're certainly the biggest entertainment company in the country, I'd say. Probably. In terms of what that company can do. All the different ways they can get things to you. Well, let's talk about all the ways that Disney's going to get content to us. So Disney Plus, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but we finally actually have things to but talk about. But now it's a thing. It's real. I can see we, it. We finally have things to talk about. So Disney Plus is going to be Disney's OTT, over the top, if you will, uh, insider baseball term, over the top streaming service that's going to debut November 12th. For the low, low price of six ninety nine a month. Which is insane. Which is insanely cheap when you consider that Netflix is what, ten, soon to be thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. The WWE is, I believe, still nine ninety nine a month. DC Universe, I think, is uh, seven or eight ninety nine a month. Here's the thing though. I mean, you can get like a five ninety nine subscription to Hulu. Right. But it comes with ads. Disney Plus has no ads. I know. That's unbelievable. Well, it's Disney. They don't need the What money. do they need to advertise? They don't it's need all the there money. for you, right? Well, um, they I mean they have this comes back to all the different ways. I am not taking a trip to Disney this year. I can only assume that in the theme parks all around the world, they will be advertising for the streaming service. Yeah, of course. Certainly in California and Florida, because it comes to the U.S. first. So I can only assume over the next couple of months when you go to Disneyland or you go to Disney World, you are going to just be bombarded with Disney+. Plus. As if they need the pub. Whatever. Yeah. So six ninety nine a month or the yearly subscription for the Rob Gronkowski price, sixty nine ninety nine a month. Um, nice. You're welcome. Also, Rob Gronkowski, great friend of the show. Yeah, he might have some free time now. I think he's got so, some free time. If you ever want to come on the show. Yo soy fiesta, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. We miss you, Rob. We love you. Thank you for all you've done for the Patriots. Absolutely. It's my f- Other than Tom Brady, my all-time favorite Patriot may be Rob Gronkowski. You know who's really growing on me? And this is getting a little off topic, but Kyle Van Noy. Oh, I love Kyle Van Noy. I love that dude. He had a hell of a year. He really did, yeah. And in the Super Bowl, I thought he played really, really well. Oh, killed it. Um, All the linebackers did. Van Noy, Hightower. Mm, uh, All those guys played really, really well. It was Um, was their game. It was. I just wanted to make the Gronkowski joke. I still think that's a... I mean, that price point is absurdly cheap for what you're going to get. And we're going to go over at least some of what you're going to get. Obviously, it's going to grow over the years. They are spending a lot of money on this, both on the technical side and the creative side. Yeah, I think they said they wasn't expected to turn a profit until like 2024 or something, which is totally fine. I can tell you that they are obsessed with people being able to subscribe on day one with no glitch. Good. From the, That's from, what you want. <laughs> from Bob Iger down, yeah. like their obsession is having the tech to the point where... Nobody has an issue on day one. On November 12th, all of us who want to get in will be able to get in with no glitch. They are they have spent millions to try to make that a thing. If anyone can do it, it's Disney. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be the Walt Disney Company. Disney should have built the ACA website. Disney should have built a lot of things. <laughs> uh, and I'm not just saying that because I am a uh, 10 shareholder member of the Walt Disney Company. I got to say, good for you. Have a magical day. Disney share prices went up like 11%. I know. <laughs> I have to, you know, I've been meaning to check my strike price. I, I need to check my strike. And it's only 10 shares, but it's no coincidence it. that Disney goes up 11.5%, I think it was, and Netflix falls 4% or something. Burn, baby, I mean, burn. Yeah. I mean, in context, like 
a share of Netflix is like three times the price of a share of Disney. But Probably. like, it's not a coincidence, guys. No. And uh, Netflix, I, I can't believe you're not, you're not at least a little bit concerned. I can't believe that. I will continue to say on this podcast, Netflix is what it is. I, it's big. It's spent a lot of money. History tells you that when the Walt Disney Company gets into your business, it hurts your business. Game over, right? I don't think it's game over, and I don't think it has to be. I don't think that's don't Disney's think point. I think Disney's point was Netflix was getting 100% of the streaming dollar. I mean, you could argue about Hulu and all that. Sure. But there was a point where Netflix was 100% of the over-the-top streaming dollar. Yeah. And I think Disney's looking at it going, well, wait a minute. Our, our movies and our shows and everything are on there. Why are we paying them yeah. to distribute it when we could just set up a distribution channel, which is all this really is? Pretty much, yeah. It's a distribution channel. It's another way to get Disney products into your home. But it's to also- manipulate, I mean... I mean, uh, sorry, manipulate's the wrong word. <laughs> to brainwash, I mean, brainwash is the wrong no, word. La, 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 la. To, uh, uh, to uh, bring the Disney magic home to you. Ah, there you go. Bob Iger cannot send the hit squad to come get me now. But when we, when we I mean, when Disney gets in and manipulates, I mean, uh, uh, steals your money. I mean, g- takes your entertainment dollar that you want to give them anyway. Um, why not? I, I get it. And I don't think they have to be a competitor I think it's foolish to try to be like, we're going to beat Netflix now. It's foolish. I, I don't think you can do that. I think Netflix has a brand. It's a very strong company. Like I said, they've spent a shit ton of money. So yeah. I get it. It's just what I would say about Netflix is that's all Netflix does. Right. Outside of their own model, they have no way to get that content to you. I shouldn't say no way. They have limited ways of doing it. I guess the best way to describe it is a Stranger Things t-shirt. Yeah. Netflix would get a percentage of the t-shirt, but they're not making the t-shirt. Disney is making the t-shirt. Its characters are on the t-shirt, and they have 37 ways to sell you that t-shirt. That's and right. that's the difference. Yeah. And what you want is to own the t-shirt, not just what's on front. That's what every entertainment company has tried to aspire to. That none of them have got there except really... Comcast is just the, is the the way it goes, and Comcast bought into it, and they dumb lucked themselves into Universal's owners had not been spending money on the theme parks. Mm-hmm. Comcast is dumping a lot of money into Orlando and California and Japan and all the other places. But like what Disney can do, just they can really get in front of you. <laughs> Once they get the kid, they've got the parents. This is their this is Disney's marketing strategy: get the kids because the parents. Ultimately, as much as we all bitch and complain, blah, blah, you're really not going to say no to your kids. Eventually, they'll wear you out. You're going to give Disney their dollar. And once they have the parents, that's it. So with Disney Plus, because I want to get back to the content that they're marketing, a lot of the stuff that they've they've told you is going to be available kind of appeals to the, the parent, does it not? I mean... Well, I, I, th- they I would didn't come say, out and say, oh, we're going to have we're going to have Mickey and this and cartoons and blah, blah, blah. They well, told you we're going to have Star Wars and like more adult ish entertainment. That's not entirely true because so we'll we'll start in a place that is unfamiliar for our podcast. So at at launch in November, every Pixar movie is going to be available. Yes. Kids like Pixar movies. Yeah. My nephew loves Toy Story. Parents grew up with Toy Story. Parents grew up with Toy Story. They're going to have some family Disney films on there. 
that collection is going to grow over time as they put more out of there. Of course, yeah. I actually see, again, this is Disney. I think they're appealing to everybody. They want everybody. There's going to be, there's yeah, Marvel of stuff. Course. There's Star Wars stuff. There's Pixar. There's National documentaries. Geographic. There's National Geographic, which we're going to get to. <laughs> I actually think their offerings are quite broad. They and are. I'm quite impressed. They're doing a Monsters, Inc. show. And they got Billy Crystal and John Goodman. They got a lot of talent that's for these inc- shows. That's incredible. For all of these these series that they've announced. Yeah, they've we'll gotten, get to the Marvel shows. They've gotten in all the movie stars. Yeah. Can we start with National Geographic? Why not? So when uh, Disney bought Fox this year, one of the things they bought was the National Geographic Channel. Yes. So Disney now owns the National Geographic Channel. And uh, some people know Disney does nature documentaries. Uh, yeah. They have a they have a, a doc a nature documentary business. So National Geographic probably will be part of that. But the show that they're launching on Disney Plus is The World According to Jeff Goldblum. National Geographic gave Jeff Goldblum some money and a, and a camera guy, and they let him go all over the world. If they mention nothing else, six ninety nine a month, you bet. I love Jeff Goldblum, so I'm, I'm in for that. I know you are, too. Absolutely. My wife and I were sitting there after the announcement of, of Disney Plus and what was going to be available and all that nonsense. And one of the things that she listed was the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I love it. And immediately I thought, that's everything I didn't know I wanted. Yes. Of course I want that. Agreed. It's brilliant. And I can't wait for that. I, I don't know anyone who can look at what Disney's going to offer and say, I'm not interested. Well, I mean, at launch, they're going to have every Star Wars movie available. Like I said, the Pixar library is going to be available. Captain Marvel will be available on uh, uh, Disney Plus. Uh, after its the- theatrical release, the sequel to Frozen will go right to Disney Plus. Hmm. Frozen Two, right? It's crazy. So the Mar- so Marvel is going to be part of this, and they are going to do a couple of shows. They've announced three of them. One is Loki with Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. The other is Wanda and Vision. Wanda Vision, yeah. With Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. Yep. And then Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yep. With Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Yep. So they got they again, they got all the movie stars yeah. for their for their cute little Which streaming is service. It's an accomplishment. It's incredible. Oh, there's also a Hawkeye show. Oh, that's right. With it's Jeremy not, Renner. It's it's kind of like working through it, but yeah, there's going to be a Hawkeye show too. I get the sense that at least for that one, we, just because I've read the, the loose synapses, synapses. yeah, yeah and, and that it's going to be almost like a passing of the bow, so to speak. That's a very uh, cute. I like that. I think Jeremy Renner is going to show up for like an episode or two. Well, he's Jeremy Renner. But it, just the fact that they're able to get Paul Bettany and I know. Anthony Mackie and... I think Elizabeth it's Olsen. huge. I it, think it's huge. Like what? Tom Hiddleston is going to do a show yeah. for Disney Plus. I it's think crazy. a lot of things will be clearer in the next couple of weeks about where those shows end up, like timeline wise. I would hope so. I think it's going to be huge to have all of those people you mentioned. It's on. It shows how much they're really investing in this. Also, service. what a great team up. Uh, yeah, they picked it know, real well. Never. Really I wouldn't have probably put Falcon and Winter Soldier together. Did you see Civil War? Yeah. I thought they, you know, towards the end as kind of the ice thawed part of the pun. Yeah. I thought they, they played well together. I think so too. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Disney yeah. has done that. Marvel has done that yeah. really well. Traditionally, I wouldn't have put those two no, characters together. It's great. And now I'm getting a series with them. Can we them, talk about what, what if, I want. the what if animated series? Oh yeah. And the first episode is what if Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum? 
Yeah, that'll be really interesting. That'll be interesting too. I'd love to see where they go with what if. That'll be interesting. So that's that's based on this whole concept that yeah. if like alternate timelines, if, if things happened slightly differently, how would it all unfold? Yes. So that'll be really interesting. When I was a kid, they did like, you know, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? Or what if the Fantastic yeah. Four never got their powers? Or blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, that would was... be boring. I think a cartoon is, a, is an interesting I think medium. the cartoon is the way to go there. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to pay any lip service, but maybe a podcast would have been a good choice for what if. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I like the saying... animated story because, you, you know, you, you're not going to be able to get everybody you want for a live action thing. So why not animate it? I'm okay with that. You know what I, I really think am. of? I think of shorties watching shorties. Do you remember that from comedy central where it was basically an animated stand up set? Like you'd have, I do, I do. You would have uh, a comedian giving, doing a bit. The premise was there. These two babies were on the couch watching stand up on comedy central. <laughs> As one does. And the bit was basically just animated as it was being told. So like, you know, you'd have somebody doing something in the joke and it would be animated on screen as the comic is telling it. That's kind of how I imagine what if happening. Like people are sort of hypothesizing, theorizing about what if scenarios and then they're just sort of acted out, animated on screen. I don't work for Disney. That's just what I thought. It's <laughs> just yet. what I imagine. Not yet. You never know what will happen to us. Anything's oh, possible. Hey. So I th the Marvel slate is strong and then God knows what they have planned in the future that they haven't told us yet. So, and those shows will be rolled out over time. And then the Star Wars component at launch day, November 12th, is going to be the eight episode series, The Mandalorian, directed by Jon Favreau, yeah. created by Jon Favreau. Looking forward to that. Um, it sounds like a, a bounty hunter type show set in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Okay. That's all we know about it right now. I'm it's okay quite an interesting cast. They got assembled. I'm super excited. Uh, I think it sounds like a great concept. There's a panel tomorrow at Star Wars Celebration about The Mandalorian, which I think oh. is just going to be dynamite. Favreau's going to be there, and it'll be excellent. And Mandalorian is going to be part of Triple Force Friday on October 4th. They are going to release merchandise for Star Wars Episode Nine and The Mandalorian on October 4th. The other series they've announced, which I'm equally excited for, is uh, the Cassian Andor series yeah the one of the main characters uh, diego luna from star wars rogue one uh and they brought alan tudyk back as the robot yes uh which is very exciting that's going to come sometime next year i think 2020 or 2021 i'm really excited for both of those and i think much like marvel i think the star wars stuff on that is limitless i've heard they might i agree one of the things they might do is uh obi-wan kenobi Oh, man. Ewan McGregor is kind of itching to be Obi-Wan Kenobi again. Yeah. You know what I think would work well, even though they're doing The Mandalorian? I think Boba Fett cries out for a Disney Plus show. Separate from The Mandalorian? Like, yeah. you don't think they're going to. Yeah. No, I think him they could all? do a Boba Fett show. Yeah. Somewhere between episode two and Empire Strikes Back. He's certainly a fan favorite, right? Yeah. And I mean, the movie's not happening, so. That's the thing. Uh, Why not? Disney is able now to use this as a sandbox yeah. and give you all the things that you want that they're not going to make. You know what I, idea I have that's terrible, but I'd love to see is like a, a Sopranos like show, but Jabba the Hutt. Oh yeah. Like a crime, like a crime show. Yeah. Why not? Set on Tatooine. Why the hell not? It doesn't have to be live action either. You could do that animated. I suppose. Yoda. Like I think Yoda would be a great short form series. 
kind of what Yoda did in between crash landing on Dagobah and then Luke showing up in Empire? I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but I would kind of like to see a Count Dooku story. Count Dooku could be interesting. He just sort of shows up in episode, what is it, two? Yeah. And he's a really interesting character. Like, it doesn't really go into the fact that he studied under Yoda and all this other cool stuff. So, like, he didn't really have a, a, a spot in that movie of any real substance other than that ridiculous fight with Yoda where Yoda was flipping around. You know what I think is interesting about Jedi is that uh, every Jedi has an apprentice that uh, turns bad, except (laughs) Dooku's apprentice was Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, who, as it turns out, Decent dude. Was a pretty good Jedi. <laughs> maybe and, the best of the bunch. Yeah. And he discovered what may be the coolest Jedi power of all, which is when you die, you get to come back and haunt people as a ghost. Qui-Gon Jinn may have been, it may be the most underrated Jedi of our time. And it's because that movie was so bad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I think it speaks to how bad Phantom Menace is. Here's one show I don't want, Jar Jar Binks. I don't think anyone's asking Mi- for that. Misa no want the show. I don't think anyone's asking for it. No. So I think you're okay. If they could get him... Donald Glover doing more Lando Calrissian would be just fine. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen Solo yet, but I... Oh, I he's see, the best part of that movie. I can yeah. see that working. And it dovetails into Nine, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But I, I think uh, I think for Star Wars, there's so many characters and there's so many stories that you could tell a couple of really dynamic long-form series, you know, past The Mandalorian, past Rogue One. You know, like I said, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Boba Fett, Jabba... There's a lot of characters there. Um, that one, people know and love. Yeah. And two, uh, they provide a little bit of more of a backstory what for What about them. getting Oscar Isaacs for more Poe Dameron? Yeah, why not? We really don't know a lot about Poe Dameron. I mean, unless you've read the tie-in comics that kind of bridge the gap. Sure. He could be an interesting... He's somebody who could do a little bit more... Best damn pilot in the universe. That's right. Yeah, I'd be into that. And I, that's not a complaint. I, like, I love the... Force Awakens, I love Last Jedi. There's only so much story you can tell. But I think Oscar Isaacs in some of these movies has been a little underserved. By definition, I'm not opposed to prequel stories. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of a prequel left a bad taste in people's mouths with the one, two, three trilogy. But get over it. I mean <laughs> I, I don't know. Just get over there's it. There's so much more story to tell for a lot of things. What I don't need is a Grease prequel. I don't need that. Uh, why are we be- uh, I don't really want to talk about this. I do want prequels for all of these Star Wars characters because I think they're really interesting. Or, or a, a story that we're not, we haven't seen. Yeah. I think there's a story, there's an Obi-Wan Kenobi story to be told, right? Between episode oh God, yeah. three, where he drops the child off at Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's doorstep. And then when that child shows up at his door, fully formed 20 something years later, I'd like to know what he did on Tatooine for all those years. <laughs> That's a long time to sit that in That is cave. a long damn time to sit on a sand planet and do yeah. nothing. How about your boy Jimmy Smits? Do we need a <laughs> do we need a Princess Leia's mom and dad story? I think we do. Maybe. Why not? Well, well What do you know about Bail Organa? What do you know? He's formed the rebellion, but like you don't know anything about him. Well, you know what? It would be more of I I wanna don't say you want it'd be more, more Jimmy Smits? I do, but I think right. it would be more of a Leia story. That's fine, too. You know, like a Leia coming of age. That's fine, too. Which Why makes, not? makes total sense to me uh, with Jimmy Smith in there. Yeah. It's kind of that Rogue One of like in between trilogies and how the rebellion formed. Why not? Yeah. They, Disney Fuck. used to do all of that sort of stuff through comic books. Yeah, they and still Marvel do. Or 
maybe an animated show like the Clone Wars, which or Rebels, they're, which they're bringing back for you know the one, one episode, final season. You know the one episode of Rebels I saw was Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, so they tell a lot of those stories. I don't think they, I don't think they reach a whole lot of people, and I think a lot no. of people would find them super interesting. Disney Plus gives them a, a way to do. Just they have that. a sandbox to you know? tell, and I think Star Wars has limit li- limitless possibilities because there are so many characters. Plus, there's there's a lot to the universe. Yeah, and I think it's a big fucking galaxy. I, it's a big fucking galaxy, and a lot I of think, lizards uh, and vests. Not a lot of black people. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the what the tri- movie trilogies that come after exploring a different corner of the universe will yep. be really good for the series the and the Ryan franchise Johnson in general. And then the guys from Game of yep. Thrones. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of it. Did Just you hear about the hiatus, though? There's going to be a movie hiatus after episode nine, which I think is fine. No, but that makes sense. I would say hopefully it's not longer than like five years, but... You don't want to wait another 30 years? Uh, no. For Star Wars. I don't think they need to. I honestly don't. I think if they take a beat for two or three years, let the streaming service grow, Yep. and then... So the movie comes out 2019, so maybe 2022, we start talking about either Ryan Johnson... Or Benioff and Weiss from... Game I think a hiatus is the way you keep your brand strong. Yeah, this isn't Marvel. Marvel doesn't need a hiatus. <laughs> like, the Colossus is just going to keep on and on and on. That's and right, on. yeah. It's not going to look like what you've seen the last 20 movies, nor should it, though. I'm, right. I'm all for that. It's just about finding the right alchemy, putting it together and, and doing it right. But Star Wars fatigue is nonsense. I I think this is all bullshit. And I think what's been proven out now is all that stuff about The Last Jedi, some of it is legitimate, but what we now know, as crazy as it sounds, a lot of that flack was not from a human being. Those were bought Twitter accounts that were being paid for by a foreign power. Can you believe that, though? The Russians paid... This is true. This is not tinfoil hat conspiracy. The Russians paid for bot Twitter accounts. And one of the things they did was they slimed The Last Jedi. (laughs) It's nuts. It's insane. It's Uh. insane. And I'm going to stay off politics, but I'm just going to say like, so some of that Last Jedi stuff is legitimate. Some of it isn't, which is what I said on this podcast a year ago. You didn't like the movie. Fine. We can agree to disagree. I thought it served its purpose. It served what the new trilogy was supposed to be. The old trilogy, because I'm not I don't want to talk about the prequels. The old trilogy <laughs> Fair. The old trilogy was one guy. Yeah. Was George. He didn't direct Empire or Return of the Jedi, but he was deeply involved in those three movies. And the people around Return of the Jedi will tell you the director was just a stooge. He was a fall guy. George sure. directed that movie. When have you heard of Richard Marquand before or since? He directed one of the biggest movies of 1983, right? He was the director of Return of the Jedi. Ordinarily, that guy then goes on to make like seven more movies. Some of them succeed, some of them have failed. But when have you heard of Richard Marquand ever again? Right. Never. Kirshner was a big director before, and he was Lucas's film teacher. So... Irving Kirshner is fine with me. And Empire is the best of those three movies. Agreed. And he fought Lucas on some things. The original line was, I love you, I love you too, instead of, I love you, I know. Kirshner and Harrison Ford worked that out because they didn't like, I love you too, for Han Solo, which they're right. It's a shitty line. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) But like Richard Marquand on Return of the Jedi was a stooge. George directed that movie. He just didn't want to direct it. 
So the original trilogy vision was one guy. The new trilogy was supposed to be three directors different for each part. So JJ got hired for seven. Ryan Johnson got hired for eight. And then they hired Trevor out, Colin Trevor out who did Jurassic world for nine. Trevor out didn't work out for whatever reason. And they're all out there if you want to read them. So JJ came back for nine. That was never supposed to be the intention. Right. So yeah, this yeah. idea of, I've, and I've seen people online say this of like, well, JJ wouldn't allow Ryan. JJ has no fucking control over what Ryan Johnson did. Nor does he want to. I don't think he does. And I, I will say, as we lead into episode nine, and I have no doubt that he did this, I hope JJ tells the story he wants to. And he, he's got a lot on his plate. He has to continue from seven and eight. He has to make nine work as a movie, and he has to wrap this whole shooting match that's up. The, that's going to be the toughest part, so I think, is wrapping that's the high wire act for JJ. Yeah. It has to work as its own movie. It has to continue seven and eight, and it has to end it. So good luck. Definitively. But, well, does it? Does it? I don't know. I think the idea is that it wraps up the Skywalker right. story. But I would guarantee you, I would bet my money that they leave it open that if they want to come back and tell Finn, Poe, and Ray stories again, they can. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I don't believe that that storytelling is closed. And then in 10 years or so, if they want to come back and do 10, 11, and 12 with Poe, some combination of Poe, Ray, Finn, Rose, Kylo Ren, BB-8, all those characters What do you met. think about the juxtaposition of having a the third part in a trilogy, the final chapter of a larger story being titled The Rise of Skywalker? That is, this title is going to bother everybody for the next, what month is this? April. Yeah, we get eight months till this movie comes out. This title is going to bug us all for the next eight months. I love it. 240 days or whatever it is. Uh, I do too. I think it's great. I, I would say of the three titles, right? So I had a sense of what The Last Jedi was going to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Luke Skywalker was The Last Jedi, if only because it seemed like Rey was around. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I get it. I had no idea what The Force Awakens meant. None. I'm not even sure they really explain it in the movie either, but I, I don't think it matters. It's a title. It, you know what I mean? I think no. I think I think Ray's sense it, of her, her own, awakening. Yeah, it's I guess. Her, basically Ray's awakening. She she taps into that's a little on the nose, I guess, to be like Star Wars Episode Seven, Ray's awakening. I guess that's yeah, on the nose. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the well, they do say right. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? I get it. Yeah, she's she's just she's dipping her toes in the water. Yes. Well, and yeah, she was. She took her first steps into a larger world. That's right. I don't know what Rise of Skywalker means. I mean, I I have guesses, right? Yeah, same here. Does it mean Rey is a Skywalker? I will just continue to say, fuck, I hope not. But I don't think so. If JJ tells that story and convinces me, I'm all for I'm not turning it off. I'm just saying my desire would be that not to be the case. Can I tell you what I think? Go ahead. I think one of the interesting things with Star Wars and their titling strategy is that the third act of each trilogy... Is kind of the vicious act? No, not necessarily. Revenge, return? Is you have some sort of return to form. You have return, revenge, and then rise. So you yep. have something coming from nothing. It, that could be good or bad. doesn't have to be bad. I think it's interesting that they chose like that sort of purplish sky blue... I like the blue. ...title. I like the blue. I think the blue is striking. I think it... Um, We've seen a lot of red and a lot of yellow... In Star it's, Wars yeah, posters, I think the blue is striking. It's, it's gorgeous. really striking. But that I poster think, is fucking gorgeous. 
Have you it seen is. the teaser poster for yes. it? It's fucking gorgeous. It's simple. I mean, every, first of all, I don't know a franchise that does posters better than Star Wars does. Agreed. And somebody out there is going to say, Marvel, fuck you. Those are Star Wars copies. Yeah, Star Wars does it well. Star Wars does it the that best. That Empire Strikes Back poster is phenomenal. Yep. So I think the the obvious choice for a film about Skywalker, with Skywalker in the title, I should say, is to use a blue, right? Because that's... The lightsaber? Skies and blue skies and uh, the lightsaber's blue and there's a theme. The lightsaber it. has returned. So the lightsaber's with Rey, but I don't think Rey is the Skywalker. I'm pretty sure... I mean... There is a Skywalker in the film. There is a Skywalker in the film, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Ben Solo. Oh. <laughs> Kylo Ren is literally of the Skywalker bloodline. Well, yeah, his mom. Does that mean this This is going to be his rise? Does that is that a good or a bad thing? Well, that's the question, right? Does he, in this movie, does he achieve Darth Vaderdom in that he becomes the dark force of the universe, or is it the redemption story and he becomes... That's the other thing. Star he Wars becomes, has a history of uh, redemption stories, too. He becomes, uh, you know, the heir to his uncle. These are all the questions I think I have right now. I guess, is there a story to tell of Rey and Ren together as, like, the husband and wife Jedi? Like the dynamic duo of Jedi? Yeah, but equal. But equal partners. Well, I think it's interesting because... Like Harry Potter's parents. So in The Last Jedi, Rey has that vision quest, similar to Luke's. If you remember, um, oh she, the like, mirror, I love that. Yeah, so she, that's fucking she, brilliant. If you pay attention, she. But Ryan Johnson can't make movies. I get it. Sorry, go on. She has an easier time embracing that darkness than Luke. You know. Well, he saw. He saw it. He sees it in her. He sees the dark side. But in But I was her. gonna say, in Empire, so, he saw what he feared most. I think. Yes. Yes. Subconsciously, which is that he he didn't know who his father was, but that's every child's fears. I've become my parents. Anyway, I think the idea is that people have good and evil in them. I think it will be very interesting to see if JJ takes the traditionally good or thought to be good Ray and the traditionally bad or thought to be bad Kylo. And, oh, and pull a Bret Hart, Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. And they tag team, you know? And oh, I thought you were going to say switch. No. Well, I mean, that would be obvious, right? Would the, it? Yeah, absolutely. Has there been a double turn in a Star Wars movie where somebody has gone to the light and the dark in the same scene? Uh, I'd have to I don't think, think about so. It. That'd be a fucking twist. Ray goes bad and Kylo Ren becomes Ben Solo. I think we've already Fuck. seen. I mean, that would yeah. I mean, that would be something. Twist. But here's the thing: I don't think they would tear down Ray like that. No, probably not. That would not. I don't think that would no. be a good marketing strategy. No. But we've already seen them fight together. Yeah. In the Last Jedi. Again, Ryan Johnson can't make a movie, but boy. That throne room scene was bitching. It was great. I don't know anyone who complained about it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see what happens with those two characters. Obviously, they're like the Isn't two main the characters monkey the wrench the emperor? So Palpatine seems to have returned. How? I guess we'll find out. I guess. And do, I guess here's the question. Have the Sith learned how to become force ghosts? Because that seems oh, to be... Oh, that'd be sick. That seems to be a power that has escaped them. Like, Liam Neeson found out how to do it. Like, this is what we know from episode three, right? I'm going to send you to Tatooine, and you're going to have to do some exercises. Your old master has come back, and he's shown me what to do. So Qui-Gon Jinn has communed with Yoda from beyond the grave. So Yoda learned how to do it. Yep. Obi-Wan Kenobi learned how to do it. Yep. 
clearly Luke Skywalker learned how to do it and he learned how to do it at an 11. Because not yes. only could he, not only is he clearly going to force project himself as a ghost in nine, but he force projected himself across the galaxy and fought his nephew. While he was living. While he was living, which is like... That's something else. Again, everybody who bitched about that movie, well, Luke Skywalker, he's, they turned Luke Skywalker into a loser. Dude. Yeah. I don't know. He forced... Pro- no, I, I want to spell this out so people understand. <laughs> okay. He was on a planet billions of miles away. He used the force to create an astral projection of himself. He de-aged himself and gave himself a haircut. <laughs> yeah. He gave yeah. himself a lightsaber that he hadn't possessed in 60 years. Okay, guys, I don't know what's more badass than that, right? He confronted the First Order. He annoyed his nephew and restarted the rebellion. Remotely. It's so good. I'm I'm working through how how they did Luke dirty in that movie. No, it was excellent. It was excellent. We've spent Sorry. a lot of time, no. I think, defending The Last Jedi because I think it's a great movie. I love The Last Jedi. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I have very little issue with it. Though, here's the thing that I would ask you, going back to the Emperor. If he hasn't figured out a way to uh, Jedi Ghost. Project himself? I like Jedi Ghost. Jedi Ghost. Maybe he was telling Anakin the truth about immortality. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose, huh? I mean, Anakin, found the Anakin secret to life. becomes a force ghost. Yes. Uh, Darth Vader becomes a force ghost. Yes, he does. So if you remember, the the Emperor tells Anakin. Well, well he, Palpatine, tells him, he tells sorry, him a tale, right? Palpatine tells An- Darth a young, Plagueis, impressionable. The story of Darth Plagueis. Which is a wise. deep cut for Star Wars fans. Well, I, I let me just say, though, if J.J. can... Okay. So the line from The Usual Suspects is the devil's greatest trick is making you figure out he never existed. Sure. Okay. JJ's greatest trick is going to be redeeming the prequels. That would do it for me, I think. If if you find out Palpatine was telling Anakin the truth. Yes. That he actually yeah. had conquered death. That he could, he could yeah. conquer death. Oh my God. Yeah. I'd go back and watch those prequels now. No, I agree with you. I, I don't know that I need Darth Plagueis to show up in this movie. I don't know. <laughs> God, I hope not. I, I think I would be blown away if we find out the emperor was, can we just, was truthful can we merge last jedi and rise of skywalker and just okay. say snoke is lame the emperor is cool and yesterday's panel proves it <laughs> no i'm just that's the yeah. other thing about last jedi i get all the time well snoke is this snoke was a chump and a shitty idea that i don't care if we ever figure out about because the real villain has always been the emperor and Again, the Emperor was a walking, talking human being. I'm going to get back to our... And you can hear about this in the archives, right? What I liked about Last Jedi was that at the end of that movie, Kylo Ren was the bad guy. He had killed his father in cold blood. He tried to kill his mother, and he desperately, badly wanted to kill his uncle. All right? If you're a Star Wars fan, you love his papa, you love his mama, and you love his (laughs) uncle. Yeah. I don't know what more he needs to do to become a bad guy. And he did it with a face. Maybe succeed at killing mama. Mm. Maybe succeed at killing uncle. I guess. I don't know what he needs to do to be a bigger heel in Star Wars than kill Han Solo. I'm going to go crazy on you right now. What if 
in the same vein as Luke Skywalker. Can I just tie in? Projection. Let me just tie in. I will come in here. Let me just tie in. That's why I liked Last Jedi. The villain was a walking, talking human being. I need a walking, talking villain. Because then it just becomes you're fighting the CGI blob monster. That's yeah. what drove me nuts about Wonder Woman. But when you get to the end and she's fighting Ares, it's lame. Right. Marvel pulled off the greatest trick because Thanos in Infinity War is badass. Yeah, and that's a testament to his acting ability and the uh, technology yeah. that Fuck they yeah. used. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, what was I even saying? Oh, so uh, Luke Skywalker, you know, does his astral projection thing, manipulates his appearance. It sounds like a Van Morrison album, astral projection. I know. It's well, the, it's astral weeks. But. It's the nerdiest thing ever. So um, He's going to sing Caravan. What if the Emperor, who has figured out immortality and his ability to cheat death, can also astral project himself and was doing so as Snoke? Oh, that'd be badass. That works for me. One, you you still have your your badass villain. Yes. Not a lame CGI monster. No. You have you satisfy the people who were saying Snoke needs to mean something. What if the Emperor's projecting himself as Snoke? I think that'd be great. And acting as a figurehead for his pseudo empire replacement. Why not? The whole time, the whole fucking time, the Emperor has been pulling the strings on these people. I think that'd be great. Why would The Last Jedi be any different? From Beyond the Grave. Yeah, that would be great. JJ, if you're listening, it might be too late. That's a lot. <laughs> but consider it. They're in the editing room now. They're in a race to get to the end. I mean, I, it's no joke. I mean, Endgame, they've actually locked, finished, completed Endgame a week ago. The movie comes out in two weeks. God, that's crazy. This, this is how it goes with these movies now. It's just, it's a rate, you know, everybody's like, oh, they finished, uh, they finished live action in February. Yeah. The real work is February to December to get this bad boy finished. All those visual effects, the music, the sound yeah, let's effects. Not, let's, it's a race. Let's not forget that music goes on after the fact. Yeah. So music is often written to a silent film. Yeah. Uh, and then different cues are added in. I mean, composers always have a general sense of what they're going to do. You know what helps on but a But they sit like this? in the movie with the director. They they work through scene by fucking scene, and they write music on the fly a lot of times after the movie has already been filmed. After the movie has been filmed. You know what's great about these movies? They have the greatest living film composer of all time. Oh, hands down. And I don't think he gets enough credit for how big a part of these movies John Williams really is. I agree with you. There is no movie without John Williams. There's Ask no, there's no feeling. There's no feeling. Ask J.J. Abrams. That score, instantly you know what it is. I don't care that he pillaged it from 27 composers. I really don't. No, it doesn't matter. Because in hip-hop, he'd be a genius. I've also... And I, this is his last... This is his last go-around? Yeah. He did the music for Nine, and he's doing the music for the theme park, and then that's it. I don't know if I've, I've talked like about this now. at all, but like, I'm always a fan of character cues in in music scores star wars is obvious he wrote the greatest character cue of all time yeah so the imperial march for darth vader is like is the best example i can give you know exactly what that is the other example i can give and is is really fucking great i think because it's so simple is the joker's uh heath ledger's cue in the dark knight john williams is like number one but han zimmer is number two the music he does in those Batman movies is phenomenal. Yeah, music's important, folks. <laughs> Hot take. But John, I mean, John Williams is a genius. I have no doubt he'll ace. You know, this is his last. This is his last ride. 
uh, with Star Wars. I have no doubt he'll ace it. I've heard a little of the theme park score for Galaxy's Edge. Sounds, you know, <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> just, just back up for a second and let's acknowledge the fact that he wrote a score for a theme park. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's, that is incredible. Yeah. And an interactive theme park, yes. might I add. That's really hard to do, guys. John Williams is a genius. And I'm biased because he was the conductor of the Boston Pops for all those years. But guy's a genius. Out, let's get out of Star Wars for a minute. He did the Harry Potter theme. Jaws. Jaws. Yep. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I think. Maybe. We could Google that, but I think E.T. E.T. Yeah. As soon as you hear it, you immediately think of the kid on the bicycle with E.T. in the front. My other favorite franchise, Indiana Jones. Yes. That's got to be one of the great themes of all time. Play that for somebody and they instantly know what it is. He did Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman, which is still the, the standard by oh, which yeah. all superhero themes are judged. Are you looking it up to see if he did Close Encounters? Do I get a prize if I'm right? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I mean, he does Spielberg stuff. All the, He did The Post. He did Saving Private Ryan, I think. Untitled Indiana Jones Project 2021. Yeah, Indiana Jones 5. That's so good. I assume he ended up at Harry Potter because Spielberg was supposed to do Harry Potter at one point. The Patriot. Yep. Jurassic Park, obviously. Hook. Mm-hmm. So good. Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You were You're right. welcome. So yeah, he's good. John Williams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not bad. The th- and you know, the theme park's part of it too. That's going to be a living, breathing Star Wars thing too. Both coasts. It's a massive undertaking it's cost them a lot of money. It's 14 acres. That's why I think the Star Wars thing, it, fatigue is nonsense. I guess movie fatigue, but it's going to be everywhere else. Oh, I think that's what I was I wanted to mention it's earlier. Star else. Wars fatigue. I think that's a that's a symptom of privilege cuz for a lot of Star Wars fans, I mean, you you had to wait decades for this stuff. 19, so you're not getting tired of it. 1984 to 1997. It's the dark it's the dark decade. Nothing happened. You're not getting tired of Me? all of the stuff that's coming no, out now. Fuck of course no. not. I grew nope. up, you know, watching those movies. I didn't get anything new. No. So yeah, I'm all in. I'll never be tired of it. There's there's I'm not tired of Marvel. I you know, people have been talking about Marvel fatigue. I don't see it. I don't. And I I'm not whistling past the graveyard. They sold more tickets in a six-hour period than five movies combined. Fandango had to reorganize their business model because Endgame broke them. I mean, like, the idea that there's Marvel fatigue out there is nonsense. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's people who don't like the genre who want to see the genre go away. Mm. Mo- mostly. I'm sorry that it's popular. <laughs> I'm sorry that people <laughs> like it. But I'm past the point of apologizing for their success because... What I know to be true is there is no movie business now without Marvel. Nobody is going to the movie theater. Movies are going to become a solely home experience. I don't care how great La La Land was or wasn't. Not enough people are going to those movies. They just aren't. And you can say, well, they're uneducated or they're uncultured. Whatever, that's fine. But I would just tell you that without Star Wars, without Marvel... Without animated Disney or uh, Illumination, you know, Despicable Me type films, who is going to the movies? The home experience, sound-wise and picture-wise, has equaled what you get in the theater. 
Pretty much, yeah. I still, I'm old, so I still remember, and I still have an affinity for going to the movies and having a communal shared experience. I enjoy seeing movies at home. I do. But in two weeks, there's no place I'd rather be than in the movie theater watching Endgame. I enjoy seeing it with like-minded people. Not just my family and my friends, but like-minded people. So no, I'm not tired of this. I'm not tired of Star Wars. I'm not tired of Marvel. I'm not tired. You know, you just said the untitled Indiana Jones 5. Harrison Ford is 76. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford, here's, here's the problem. And I'm sorry, Harrison. He's alive. He's in reasonably good health and good shape. Put on the hat, pick up the whip, and let's go. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's how I feel as long as he's alive. Pick up the hat, put on the jacket, get the whip, and let's go. It's not like they made 30 Indiana Jones movies, folks. They dance, made four. monkey, dance. I'm sorry. He likes money. It's not like he gets nothing. He makes a Shit. ton of money on Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, no kidding. Because they have decreed now that they will not do a movie without him. They may reboot the franchise. Yeah, probably a good idea. As long as he's around, he's Indiana Jones. Makes sense. Yeah, because he's great at it. Because he's legendary. And because the shot of him in the hat now, that's Indiana Jones. I don't know you think of anybody else. You know, if you ever ever notice when they do Star Wars marketing, sometimes Han Solo looks like him, sometimes not. Even stuff that he's not involved with with Indiana Jones on the cover of that video game, that looks like Harrison Ford. That's not accidental. It's by design. So I'm not tired of any of this stuff. I'm not tired of DC. I'm not tired of what I'm getting like 37 Avatar movies. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Fuck it. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm not tired of Fast and the Furious. Mm. I'm not tired of Mission Impossible. I'm mm. not tired of James Bond. I'm not tired of any of it. Yeah, I'm done. With, I'm done with Fast and the Furious. But You're done with Fast and the Furious. But we've talked about that. That's your problem. You don't like fun or yeah, excitement. No, I, I don't. It. Nope. I'm not tired of the rock. Yeah, but don't let's you, go. Don't you think the fatigue comes from people who are growing up and they're going to see these movies that are out every single year and they've it's all they know. Yeah, I mean the younger generation now, all they know is Star Wars all the time. They never right. had a dark period or, or comic book uh, movies all the every summer. Mm. I can see how that would fatigue somebody. I mean, we have a different perspective because we grew up without. Yes. Um, to some extent, we were with we were deprived for. And also, a, a I large read about the stuff, so I mean, I'll I'll just get back to in our, our archive discussion. You know, Marvel didn't want to sell the film rights to Spider Man, the X Men. They did it because they needed the money because they were going bankrupt because the comic book industry cratered, and that's not twenty years ago. That's two thousand two. They didn't know how they were going to exist. And now they're the biggest entertainment company on the planet. I assume Endgame is going to break every record imaginable. Which, by the way, Infinity War broke last yeah, year. So I they're going to break will. their own record of the record breaking. Yeah, well, that's what you shoot for, right? I am of a mind of, I remember when Marvel was going to go out of business. So, yeah, I want all of it because I realized that there was a time where nobody wanted any of it. Star Wars went away. I didn't want it to go away after Return of the Jedi. I mean, they didn't ask me, <laughs> but uh, I didn't want Retur- I didn't want Return of the Jedi to be the last movie for fifteen years. Don't you think it's possible that if it didn't go away after Return of the Jedi, 
that you would in fact be a little fatigued I by don't now? Know. I, I, you know, I don't know. That's a great, that's a legitimate point. Could it, I guess, but I mean, I'm the wrong person to ask about Again, this. Yeah. We have, we have a different perspective just, on this, but I just want you to think about this. I've been a wrestling fan for 37 years. I mean, I'm 40. I'll be 41 in August. So let's say 30 plus years. I've been a fan of professional wrestling. I'm the wrong person to ask about, <laughs> you know, aren't you tired of? No. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we, we no. bitch and complain about their product all the time. And yet here we are still. I'm a network subscriber. Still tuning in every once in a while, right? I watch Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. I think it's the best form of entertainment there is, believe it mm-hmm. or not. Because it's the only business where they can fix it in the middle. They can decide halfway through that they don't like what's happening and turn it around. I mean, in That's the ring. That's true, yeah. Marvel can't decide today the end, that end game doesn't work. They're stuck. <laughs> I don't know that I would have necessarily associated professional wrestling with improv, but here we are. It is. It totally is. You're right. It is a live, it is a live entertainment component. I mean, is it... <laughs> are you... <laughs> yes and and all that? I don't know, but it's a live, it's a live entertainment component. And this is this is one of my other peccadillos about people don't like me when I compare it to things like live theater because theater has a connotation of elite of that's the entertainment yeah it, that's the entertainment for the smart people right it all comes down to to the connotation you're right and wrestling is for the dumb people I'm college educated I have a job I speak in complete and full sentences. <laughs> I, I love it. I also wouldn't I call John Oliver dumb. No, John Oliver's not dumb. Uh, who clearly is a wrestling fan. Oh, he loves it. Yeah. I think most of the entertainers that you probably watch or look up to are likely wrestling fans and you just don't even know it. I love going to the movies as a communal experience, but I got to tell you, watching or being there live for a crowd of people to stand and cheer or boo, there's nothing like it. The WWE Being in that is, crowd when it's hot, yeah, it's nothing I've ever experienced before. And I've been to Patriots games and Red Sox games and Bruins games, and all of it's been great. No, wrestling's different, dude. There's nothing like it. Wrestling's different, and uh, it's nothing like it, it in the planet. In fact, I was watching the uh, the Islanders game last night, and that stadium sounded like a WWE event. They were chanting incessantly. Look, I'm it just going to say, crazy. I know you don't feel this way. So I'm preaching to the choir, but folks, if you think there's no common ground between sports and pro wrestling, you're out of your mind. Oh my goodness. You're being difficult for difficult sake and I can't do anything for you. Mm. Does that mean you have to like the business? No, my wife hates it. (laughs) But she'd be the first person to tell you if you think there's no correlation between the two, you're crazy. Now I know what people are going to say. Well, one, the outcome isn't predetermined and the other, the outcome is predetermined. Fine. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's about emotionality, as Robert Downey Jr. once said. (laughs) It's about emotionality. (laughs) It's about making you feel something. And if you're not making people feel something as a sport, as a live event, as a wrestling match, as a movie, you failed. Yeah. And I would argue the wrestling philosophy that I think works best or the wrestling equation that I think works best works for just about all sports. It comes down to who are they? Why are they doing what they are doing? And why should I care at that moment? And 
if you can answer those questions, you've sold somebody on your entertainment product. Because by the way, folks, sports is entertainment. I don't know how to break this to you. Sports is entertainment. There may be a quote-unquote legitimate outcome. Sure. But if you've read anything about the NBA and their referee scandal, you know it may not be as legitimate as you think it is because the referees were betting on their own games. Right. So maybe let's put aside for a moment (laughs) something that's legitimate or illegitimate and just talk about it's all entertainment. And some people get it, and some people don't. We'll come back to Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski is a legitimate athlete. However, do you think Gronkowski doesn't know he's entertaining? Or that it's entertainment? Of course he does. Fuck no. Of course he is. That's his brand. He's a brand, baby. They're all competing for your same entertainment dollar. Movies, TV, streaming, wrestling, sports, Broadway, Improv, stand-up comedy, the ice capades, you know, the circus doesn't exist anymore, but the globetrotters, all of it, it's all your entertainment dollar. And if you don't think athletes know that they're entertainers, you're crazy. Some people, that's their brand more than others. I wouldn't call Tom Brady an entertainer. That's just not his brand. Right. Kronkowski's an entertainer. That doesn't diminish, by the way, what he did on the field. People should stop making that comparison too because it's bullshit. You can entertain and be legitimate at the same time. And by the way, you know why the Islanders crowd sounded great? Because they were passionate. Exactly. Because they walked in that building. Because they felt something. They walked into that building with a mission, twofold. They wanted their team to win. Make no mistake. Yeah, and it, it always it always helps when you're the underdog and Those you're up in one game. The Islanders fans are passionate. They've been bad for so long. People forget how good the Islanders were in the late 70s and early 80s. They were the elite franchise of the NHL. Mm-hmm. New York, and I, I say this begrudgingly as a Bostonian, <laughs> New York sports fans are pretty great. Yeah, I would agree with that. They show up when you want them to show up. Yeah, absolutely. As much as the Islanders wanted to win last night, you know what they wanted equally? They wanted Tavares to burn in hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what every story needs, legitimate or not? What's that? The villain. Okay. Somebody has to be the bad guy. And in the Islanders, well, I guess that's a difference. It's the Penguins, but yeah, they're, the crowd, they're, I'm Tavares sorry, I blended Leafs. crowds, but the, the Islanders crowd I saw this year was when they played the Maple Leafs, when John yeah. Tavares came back to New York for the first time. First, first time that yeah. was the closest crowd to a WWE crowd I've ever seen. Those people wanted blood. Yeah. They wanted Tavares to know how pissed they were to the point where they had to stifle their booze during his celebration video where he's meeting like sick children. (laughs) They wanted to boo sick children. I don't... They weren't booing the sick children. I don't condone that. I in no way condone that. But let me just say, that takes passion. (laughs) that, That takes some real passion. Oh, yeah. I would also say hockey is best when it is played with hate. <laughs> there are some sports where... I don't think the NHL is going to use that as a branding strategy. Care. There are some sports where hate doesn't help you. Yeah. I think in basketball, it really doesn't. Because Agreed. in basketball, if you have five fouls, you get thrown out of the... Or six, you get eliminated from the game. I am in no way advocating this, but Sidney Crosby could get as many tripping penalties as he wanted. He's not going to leave the game. 
after five tripping penalties. Right. As much as you would think football should be played with hatred, football is a controlled violence. That's the, the art of football is it's controlled violence. When you watch like the Bengals and the Steelers, the hate is great, but you see it. It kills the, it kills the Bengals. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in football. Baseball, outside of Red Sox-Yankees, hate has no place. <laughs> and I would also say that that hate is manufactured. The players really don't hate each other. It's not 1975. No. These guys all go to dinner with each other. They all know each other. They're peers. Guys. They live in the same <laughs> neighborhoods. They're in the same business together. Like They're peers. They may not love the Yankees. They may not love the Red Sox. But like everybody's kind of friends. Hockey, hate sells. I agree. And hate makes it better. Yeah. It just does. It's the only sport where, uh, yeah, you're right. They totally measure things like, you know, shots on net or this, that, or the other thing. But they also measure hits and yeah. how hard the hits are. Fighting. And they talk about them. And then there's another sport. There's name physical another sport combat. Where fighting is legal. There's physical combat. And, it's, and sometimes encouraged. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's used as a tool to get the team back up and running. Yeah. It's used to settle scores. It's used to get the fans back into it. Yep. And the refs, by and large, just stand there and make sure no one gets cut. Yep. yep. <laughs> Their job is to stop the bleeding. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, ho- hockey is meant to be played at an intense level. And that intensity is sometimes hatred. You know, the Canadians Bruins series, if that were a thing, that series is intense. Teams hate each other. The fans hate each other. Yeah. This is the thing that I, I, we've talked about before. I'm not that, rooting for the Maple Leafs to beat the Bruins by any stretch of the imagination because I'm a Bruins fan. Yeah. But if you tell me in the next round the Maple Leafs win and the Islanders win and they play each other, I'm in for that series. Book it in a 20-foot high steel cage because when that series yeah. gets to New York City, oh my God. You're talking semifinal at that point. Can you imagine that? They'd literally have to put it in a steel cage. Like, they, that series could get out of control real quickly. You, you know what would be crazy? Oh. If the Islanders beat the Penguins, and then uh, the Caps beat the Hurricanes, and then you have Island because you're going to have to have that match first. You're going to have to have Islanders-Caps. I, yeah, it's been a while since you've looked at a bracket, huh? Yeah, I fucking uh, hate this. <laughs> Why can't I get to Maple Leafs Islanders in the next round? You have to have the Islanders go uh, with Barry Trotz go against his former team in the Caps. That storyline means nothing to people outside of the NHL. Yeah, I know. but, but That's you have a to hockey that. storyline only. You have to have that before you can get to the uh, Tavares feud. You, you know what my favorite hockey series of the last couple of years has been? Penguins-Flyers. Oh, yeah. The one where they literally, I thought they were going to have to call the Pennsylvania National Guard up. Like, there was so much physicality. Absolutely. There were so many fighting minutes, and that series was so hate-filled and intense, I literally thought two things. One, they were going to have to play inside the octagon. <laughs> or they were going to have to call up some sort of militia for crowd control. They love that marketing that game, though. That series was intense. Yeah. It was hate-filled, but it was entertaining as hell. The NHL knows it. The NHL knows what the people want. It's your brand. It's your sport. Be who you are. They market the hell out of that that matchup. They should. It's great. Those t- those fans hate each other. Those teams hate each other because there's close proximity and because Philadelphia is the big city and Pittsburgh is the small city, but in hockey, Pittsburgh has been more successful. Pittsburgh is the bigger team. 
Pittsburgh has won more cups than the Flyers have. Like our 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 friend and not great friend of the show, but somebody I love, Mark Madden, the sports writer in Pittsburgh, who trolls Flyers fans with the hashtag <laughs> how many days since the Flyers won the cup. Oh, and so I good. can tell you it's somewhere in the sixteen thousand range. Like oh, it's fantastic. Brutal. It's savage. Friends of ours or people outside us would tell you we like wrestling too much, and this is the proof. Because mm. it's all kind of wrestling promo. But again, it's entertainment, folks. I love when an athlete, one, has a scathing interview about opponents. I also am comfortable with an athlete speaking in the third person, and I wish more did. <laughs> you want that You want that wrestling. I do. I love it. Yeah. I, it's entertainment. It's over the top. It's a show. I like it. I don't know what to tell you. I think it makes the games more interesting. When you look at a, a live sport presentation now, and I see pyro and video and lights and music, I can only assume, because so many of those buildings book the WWE, somebody's watching wrestling, because that's wrestling presentation. At the Boston, at the Garden tonight, they will play at least three pieces of music that are wrestling themes. Yeah, they will. Absolutely. Is that accidental? And after, so. after every Bruins goal, you get the woo. The Ric Flair woo. A cultural icon. It's entertaining. Entertainment. All of it is entertainment. There were wrestling beats in Infinity War. Sure. At the beginning when Captain America shows up, right? The heels, the bad guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. have swarmed Wanda and Vision. And the train comes by, and right past the train is the bearded silhouette of Steve Rogers, and they play the Avengers theme. I've seen that a million times. <laughs> Yeah. I've watched wrestling for 30 years. I've seen that beat a million times. Yeah. When Thor comes back to Wakanda with the axe and with Groot and Rocket, what is that? If not the baby face wrestling entrance. It's the cavalry. It's the cavalry. Yeah. It's Hulk Hogan. It's Steve Austin. It's The Rock. I've seen it. <laughs> There's no similarities? Of course there is. I love this tangent. And I don't care. I'll fight for this tangent to the day I die. That's okay. Because we don't do wrestling on this podcast because we both don't think there's an audience for it. Like uh, in our wanted by none audience, there's no audience for it. Yeah, but you can't you can't talk about wrestling as wrestling. But if we if we no associate it with other entertainment, then I have I don't no see why desire not. to sit here for three hours and talk to you about WrestleMania. I don't care if it's WrestleMania three mm-hmm. or the one that happened last week. I mm-hmm. don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about the current product. I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> but I'll talk about my love for it forever. Then now and forever. I'm 40. I don't care. Like I'm past the point of caring. <laughs> I really don't. I also don't think they have to prove it to you. They got 80,000 people in New Jersey last week. Yep. They sold out the Barclays Center Friday night, Saturday night, Monday, and Tuesday. They have nothing to prove to you. They're a billion dollar company. They're in 70 countries. And by the way, I am more the wrestling audience than you think. The rest, just so everybody's clear, mm-hmm. the wrestling audience is much more well-educated than you think it is. Yeah, for sure. I, well, I think the stereotype for long was it was people without college education. It's yeah. not true. It's simply not true. I am more the wrestling audience. He is more the wrestling audience. The missus, your missus, is much more the wrestling audience. Yeah, I, I don't she know. She has if... a college degree. She's going to have two, for God's sake. Yeah. She's, uh, well, she has a few already. Right. So, so, so uh, but yeah, I think, um, we are the audience. 
it's interesting because my I grew up watching wrestling and I was so did I. I was into it Clearly. and then I and then I wasn't. I I stopped watching it for uh, we a all go really that long period. time. We all go through that dip. Like a really long time. And then it wasn't until I met my wife that I got back into it because she was into it. So so yeah. I mean like you could for me you could kind of mark it. Like in elementary school, it was the biggest thing going. Oh yeah. It was Hotter than anything. That was Hulkamania, nineteen eighty seven. That's Hogan at Hogan Peak, Hogan Andre. Yeah, WrestleMania three. Right in junior high or middle school, if you will. It's when nobody people, watched it. It's when people get learned. Like you know. Well, a lot had happened, right? Like the Hogan thing was over. Well, I don't you think know, Hulkamania had ended, and the steroid trial had really taken the wind out of everybody's sails. I don't think it has anything to do with the timeline or the generation of, uh, so That's to speak. also cyclical I think business. it's just, I think it's just the cycle of the business. It is. I think it markets to young children. It appeals to young children. Yes. Those kids grow up, they get smartened and they realize, oh, maybe this thing isn't as real or as cool as I thought it was. And then they get over that and they come back. Yeah, because I mean, when I so it started to get hot again because it's entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it started to get hot again at the end of high school, because I so I graduated high school in May of '96. Two weeks after graduation, the NWO started, which is kind of the start of the reboom of the '90s. Mm-hmm. In sophomore year of college, which would have been '97, '98, the rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin, everybody got interested real quick. Like, it's not a hard sell to a 19, 20, 21-year-old male. A muscular, beer-drinking, walking-talking badass. That's not an, It's not a hard sell. <laughs> yeah. Who goes on TV, curses, drinks beer, kicks people's ass, beats up his boss. And I, re- I remember, because the two companies were neck and neck for a while, then WCW with the NWO took over. I remember I knew Vince was making the comeback when a friend of mine who's super smart like one of the smartest people I've ever met. I remember him saying to me, he didn't say, is WWF on tonight? He said, is Stone Cold Steve Austin on tonight? <laughs> and I thought, oh my God. And this was about three weeks before Austin won the title. And sure enough, once Austin broke, everybody at college was watching it. Monday nights was a thing. Yeah, I could see that. Two TVs, <laughs> one on WCW, one on Monday Night Raw. And I remember saying to him, the only way you could respond to it, which is, oh, hell yeah. I mean, that's no other response to it than that. But it, that's when I knew it was getting big, when it became identified with a person. I'll talk about this forever. I, I love it. I don't, I don't think we can, though. I think we're running out of time. That's fine. I just, I love it. You want to wrap it up there? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And that's the bottom line, because Sean Beecham said so? I guess. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. So I think we what we can take away from here is we're both really pumped for episode nine, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm going to invest in the Disney Plus. I'm listening At now. Six ninety nine a month. It's like I said. Easy. It's like I told you the other day. Money. I wasn't super interested in it to begin with, but once they announced the six ninety nine price oh, point, so cheap. I mean, I'm interested. I'm listening. So damn cheap. Why would I not consider that? Yep. Let us know if you're interested. I'm curious to see what kind of if our listeners are going to be subscribers or yeah. you know what their take on the Star know. Wars trailer is. Um, you can always send us an email wantedbynoneshow at gmail or connect with us on the social medias at wantedbynonepod. Uh, I would also like to mention that our merch up at tpublic.com <laughs> is actually going to be on sale 
for a week at around a 35% discount. Wow, that's a huge discount. Pretty much everything from the 17th through the 21st. So if ever you were considering buying a Wanted by None notebook. Now's the time. <laughs> now is the time. Mark your calendars. It's one week, one week only. We need to put an addition on the house. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, it supports the show. And if you want to yeah, if you want to support show. the show directly, you can go to our anchor page and click on the little button there that says support the show. But would it kill you to buy a fucking t-shirt? But you could buy a t-shirt. We'll get it. We'll get a small cut of that. Um, do I have the Hulk Hogan deal? Do I get a 50 cents for every dollar? Dear God, no. Oh, man. That doesn't work for me. No, brother. he ruined that for everybody. That doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> any any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I have one. First of all, it's great to be back with everybody again. Uh, yeah, sorry for the hiatus. Now that the winter is over, <laughs> uh, and now that uh, people's travel and people's lives have settled down, I think we'll get back into a more regular schedule. So we will obviously catch you all soon. Uh, like Sean said, the merchandise is out there. The support is out there. I might even set up like a like a, a phone line for the show so we can get, oh, so you can call in. That'd be something. Why not? Why not? A live I'll consider, I'll I love consider it. it. What could go wrong, he said. <laughs> um, but I do want to mention, so the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months for Sean and myself in our real lives, mm. um, things have taken an interesting turn. And uh, we're not going to get into it all because it's our lives and the sharing eventually has to draw a line. But I just want to say that uh, there are two listeners out there right now who I, I hope are listening. The Count of Monte Cristo (laughs) and our dear Irish friend who has gone to New York. I am forever grateful to everything that you have done for me and my life. I'm sure Beecham feels the same way. And to our friend, the Count of Monte Cristo, the OG, I will just say that he made the live show possible that we did this past summer. It was one of the highlights of my life, and it was one of the best days I've ever spent getting to commune with our great friends live and in color. It will probably never happen again. Oh, God. Probably not. But we have that day as a great memory, and I think if you listen to that show, you will hear legitimate laughter. That is not workshopped in by Sean. (laughs) <laughs> that is not timed not. in by Sean. That's not us goosing anything. That was live, raw audio from that day we spent together with some great friends of the show. That was real. And that that will stay with me for the rest of my life. And so to those people, I just want to say thank you. Wish them good luck and Godspeed. And to tell them that they are always part of the Wanted by None family. Here, here. I'm Jeff Garoni. I'm Sean my- Beecham partner in pod Sean Beecham we'll catch you on down the road thanks